0: Is Peacemaker's intro the best TV intro of all time, to the point where I'm even embarrassed to record this intro because it's nowhere near as good as Peacemaker's amazing intro? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello! everyone and welcome to only stupid answers this is the show where we answer your questions about movies tv shows comics uh peace and how to make it uh and with me as always is roxy stryer who has been trained since a child in weapons and warfare um yeah, yeah so yeah.
1: do you want to see my moves
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that's what it looks like with a water bottle imagine it with a knife
0: imagine it with a knife um and if uh, you couldn't tell from the intro today we are going to be talking about peacemaker the new hbo max series um starring john cena and created by james gunn um and uh very excited to talk about it before we do that though Uh, I should mention that you can give us five star reviews on uh, iTunes. That's the one. And uh, we also ask a question every week on Spotify. Last week we asked, what are your favorite moments from the MCU's phase four so far? And William Niles Wilson said, spoiler. Just so you guys know, spoiler, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, When the Spider-Men show up and during the final fight where they finally start to work together, swing off of off each other and they all do their Spidey poses gave me chills um speaking of spider-man uh spider-versity is returning this coming week on wednesday january 19th with the fir- our first episode of spider-man homecoming sal and i are talking about f- we're finally in the tom holland movies um and we're going to be do- doing something a little bit different uh, because uh, there are more spider movies now we're going to be going from homecoming which is the next two episodes and then we're going to be going to spider-verse and then so on and so forth so please go over to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers to check all of that out. Now, before we get into Peacemaker, let's do a little bit of news. Uh, Roxy, have you seen this trailer for Bel-Air, the, the reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air?
1: Boy, oh boy, did I see the trailer.
0: <laughs> elaborate on that feeling. There was a tone in your voice, and I'd, I'd like you to elaborate on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of this, DJ. I, Does anyone? <laughs> it, I First of all, it's a three-minute trailer for mm-hmm. a TV series. That is a, it was a hefty trailer. Yes. Um. It kept going. And I was like, I don't think it's of the benefit of you that you are this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not poorly. It doesn't seem poorly done. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a poorly done show. It seems like a well-shot well acted got a lot of the parts show it just also feels like a parody i think it's a lot easier to take a drama and make it a comedy such as even something like star wars into space balls
0: yeah star wars into space balls uh obviously 21 jump street was very successful this right uh, baywatch same idea less a little less successful
1: Right, right, Um, than it is to make a comedy into a drama, which just kind of feels like a bummer, Mm -hmm. and a parody. Mm -hmm. And so this trailer was really challenging to digest. As I was watching it, I was like, does this suck? Do I suck? Am I... I'm going to try it, but is there any world in which I like this? And it's really the exact same storyline, just without the jokes. Yeah. So that's tough.
0: Yeah, it's the same setup. And and I do think the setup can lend itself to drama. I do think if you're going to do a reboot, uh, I'm actually very open to this way of doing it where you take the central premise and you tackle it from a completely different angle. This is why I actually think like if you were to do a uh, a movie I really love is Escape from New York, but I do think there's a way you could tackle that movie that's different enough with the same premise that could still work. Um, I think what this reminded me a lot of um is our cw shows the riverdales uh, of of the world um it, it is weird that i i want to say at the trailer there's like hey this is for mature audiences like well that that seems weird i feel like i don't are you guys going for like an r here for the tv equivalent of an r because that seems like a the not the right choice but whatever um it what's going to be i think the toughest is is overcoming the uh association with the Most iconic characters from the show. So like specifically the ones that, that threw me off the most was Uncle Phil because I have a very clear picture of uncle phil in my brain you know what i mean yeah, um, I know.
1: And, and carlton that was a weird yeah. one too well and especially
0: yeah carlton is a very a very uh a very different uh the only one that was kind of like the aunt viv was like oh that feels like aunt viv like I, that i give aunt viv vibes here um i think the one that it, i'm most we've
1: already had multiple aunt Vivs. sure so that's a very good having. point yeah
0: yeah, that's a very good point uh, the, the one i'm most concerned for uh, as a as a person and the reaction to this person is i'm concerned for the kid that's playing will because he's not will smith and will smith is one of the biggest stars in the world and so very few people are will smith and so it is un i feel like the reaction is going to be well he's not as good as will smith and it's like well i mean yeah i mean that's just going to be what happens uh and i don't and i'm i'm concerned that like that person might receive backlash for something that's it's not his fault that he's not will smith (laughs)
1: yeah i I think that it might help that Will Smith is executive producing this so yeah. that at least he gets like the Will Smith' stamp of approval theoretically yeah uh, I just don't know anybody who saw this trailer and was like, "Now I'm excited for this show
0: hmm i I am interested i am i'm interested it doesn't feel like it is for me which is fine um but part i'm actually most interested in is is uh is jeffrey the the butler turned house manager because that guy the impression i got from the show that guy's been up to some shit like that guy that guy is gonna uh uh do something do something on this show like that that criminal that's supposed to be after will needs to look out for jeffrey <laughs> that's the person he needs to look out for
1: you think he's into some shady business? Okay? I don't know that he's into
0: shady. I actually Early got period. some vibes that Uncle Phil might be in the sh- shady stuff. Well, because again, I got Riverdale vibes. So it's like, everybody's got a secret. Yeah, but um, uh, it's more like Jeffrey. I got Alfred vibes from Jeffrey. I very much got vibes that like he has a story about going to Burma and a thief uh, and rubies the size of tangerines. Like that's the that's the vibe I got from Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, this show might be okay. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. It might be. And then people will like it. I'm just having a hard time signing up for something that used to make me laugh. Instead, now making me sad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just listen. Let's just all get a little bit more sad, huh? Let's get a little bit more sadness in our lives. Um, yeah. uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about in the news from the the. Uh, last time we recorded is the golden globes happened they um, did. and and i know normally you were an award, awards person i am but the golden globes didn't didn't grab you this year let's talk about that
1: so here's what happened this is the first time i've ever this is the first time i'm speaking about the golden globes this year because mm-hmm. on my show i just said she don't wanna and then i didn't yeah there was no golden globes this year yes. they just announced winners mm-hmm. and I like, as a, uh, I have 50,000 different thoughts on this. People hate the Golden Globes. At this point, people hate the Golden Globes. They think that they are tone deaf, out of touch, old, rich white people deciding who is the richest of the white peoples to get things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pause real quick. Isn't that all award shows, though?
1: Other award shows seem to be at least either trying to hide that better or change with the times. Gotcha. The Golden Globes seem to not be doing that. Okay. I don't have a hatred for the Golden Globes the same way other people do because I feel like it's all smoke and mirrors with all of them. Mm-hmm. I like the award show element of it. Yes. And I like seeing people get their flowers while they're still here. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of really great nominations this year. But I, I feel bad as a as an actress, if you have if I, people who say that awards mean nothing to them, I I believe them, mm-hmm. but I don't understand that in my soul. Like we have uh, Kristen Stewart, who just was talking about like she doesn't give a flying fuck about it if she gets nominated or wins for Spencer. Yeah, I don't get that. I've waited my whole I want I want to win an Emmy so bad. I've waited my whole life to be on that stage and give that speech. I would be so bummed if the year that I won a Golden Globe, it was a tweet. Yeah, you don't get to speak. There's no thing. So I just feel bad for the the actors. Yeah, like like specifically MJ, who we've been rooting for for so long. Yeah. to win a massive award, and she wins, and nobody cares about the clubs this year. Yeah, there's no speed. There's no stage. There's no. There's no like that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, uh, you know, way worse problems in the world, but that's just such a bummer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, referring to MJ I, Rodriguez, who led Pose, who's a fantastic in that show, and she won for Best Actress this year, and that's amazing. But like you said, nobody cares about the gloves this year.
1: So, after looking at who did win briefly, I think that another reason that these were annoying is because did you see the Power of the Dog?
0: Yeah, I, I saw the movie The Power of the Dog. Yes, I did.
1: That movie was fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an it's an awards movie. Yeah, it, it is very it's competently made. It's well acted. Uh, it's talking about serious things. It's not for me. Uh, again, that's not that's not the end of the world. It's just not I, I uh, I'm i not more I'm not an awards bait movie type guy.
1: Same yeah. uh, in terms of the movie being not particularly for me. yeah, It's very lackluster that that movie won for Best Picture and that the the movie did as well as it did at the Globes in general. Mm-hmm. That was very lackluster. Uh, I think that some of the other winners were cool. Will Smith, that was exciting. I thought he was great in King Richard. Uh, some of the TV shows, again, I love Succession. It is one of the best shows on air. It is a very white show mm-hmm. that had a lot of success again this year. Not only did the show win, but Jeremy Strong won. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of a lot of. But West Side Story did well too. Andrew Garfield won. There's there were some good winners. It just was like, what what does this all mean if we're just giving awards to people without it mattering like
0: yeah, so without the pageantry.
1: There's no there's no speeches. There's no learning about these people. There's no it just what does it all matter? Mm-hmm. It just felt so like blah, and they didn't advertise. They just started like tweeting shit out. It was fucking bizarre.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. When I knew there was some drama, and, and I, I appreciate you uh, uh, letting us know your thoughts on it because again, you're you're more plugged into the awards culture than I am. So I knew there was like there was some stuff with the Golden Globes, and I knew they didn't have an awards, but it's like I didn't, I wasn't as dialed in on all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I actually don't know. Like a lot of my friends were tweeting fuck the golden globes like people like rachel cushing right Mm -hmm. people in the space that i like and trust and respect their opinion i don't feel fuck the golden globes and i wonder if why i don't know exactly why they do i think it's because of the old white people thing
0: yeah i think i think i read something that maybe all of the and see now i'm starting to talk and i actually don't know what is it the foreign press i don't know i think it was one of those that like literally there's not a black person voting like it's all literally right. all white something like that but again i'm right. i don't i don't keep up i with don't that know the,
1: the exact numbers or specifics but that seems to be the vibe and energy yeah. that i hear
0: well there you go so there's that's our golden globes update Super for you fun. uh before we really get in, uh the last couple of things in news that literally just dropped this morning iconic uh uh casting character returning and of course i'm talking about uh tim allen is returning as the santa claus in in a santa claus show and and i will say two things about that Uh, one uh i love the santa claus the first santa claus love the santa claus that's a that's a christmas staple in uh, dj's household is the uh, original tim allen santa claus it is weird like tim allen's one of those people that it's like Wait, do we still like? Is Tim Allen still okay? Did he do something that we're not? That and it's like, no. I just think there's. He just gives off those vibes of like he uh, he's like a week away from getting canceled. I don't know.
1: <laughs> is that true? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I just, I know. I know he's uh he's he's very uh, vocally conservative, and sometimes that led. Oh, is he? Yeah, that led to some stuff. But uh, and I will also say that I didn't really love the the Santa Claus sequels. Uh, they they uh, uh, whatever. Um, the other thing, much more exciting to DJ, is uh, Justified is coming back for a, a limited series based off of a different Elmore Leonard book uh, that uh, features Raylan Givens. And Timothy Oliphant is returning. And that is one of my favorite shows that's of all time. Interesting. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. And normally I'd be worried about one of these things, but it is still based off the work of Elmore Leonard. So I feel like that's a really good foundation to work is off. Is it going to be on FX? I believe so. I believe it is coming back. I literally just saw the tweet prior to us recording here so i don't have um a lot of info other than it is based off of another elmore london book timothy only is returning and that gives me uh reason to be excited uh so yeah that's that's the news that's fit the print this week we are going to go on a quick ad break and then we will be back with peacemaker Oh, everybody, we are back and we are talking about Peacemaker. Oh, my goodness, I'm so excited to talk about this uh, show. This, of course, is the spin off for The Suicide Squad. I did get a question of, like, do you need to watch The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, prior to seeing this? And I was like, you don't need to, but. Why wouldn't you? It's on HBO Max and it's very good. And and if you watch Peacemaker, you 100% will get spoiled of key aspects from that movie. So I recommend just watch that movie because also I think it's very good.
1: Yeah, I I actually usually say to things you don't need to, I kind of disagree with that for this one.
0: Interesting. To
1: to know the Motley Crew a little bit or like what has happened with Amanda Waller or why we're here and also to know... Uh, without spoiling it, one of the biggest kills that Peacemaker has made that got him here. I just think that it, some of it, you you won't understand some of it if you didn't see it. You could still understand the show, but you might not understand like what exactly is happening in specific moments
0: yeah i think you'd understand it in that it does what i actually kind of think maybe the m the mcu disney plus show should start doing which it literally says previously on the suicide squad <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah, uh, yeah yeah but
0: also is that you talked about that major kill is that how you want to find out about yeah. that especially when the movie is on the platform you're watching peacemaker on right now <laughs>
1: And especially when that it wouldn't hold any weight if you watch it in that like okay so he okay uh,
0: yeah whatever what does that mean it's like yeah, yeah. well, that's why go see it so go and and again it'd be one thing if like oh boo that movie's bad it's not if I would I would say if you're gonna enjoy Peacemaker you're gonna enjoy the Suicide Squad so watch that first and that also might be a good gauge of whether you want to watch Peacemaker or not
1: and it's as accessible if you have one you have the you other have
0: the other I wasn't sure if it wasn't on the platform but literally as I was watching Peacemaker I saw beneath it it's like hey Suicide Squad's right here and it's like oh you, well, there it is it's right there <laughs>
1: there's also little references to like harley and Ratcatcher and character you know there's it just that it does get brought up a lot they don't just completely ignore that it happened it it definitely is the sequel to that
0: yes and and boy howdy there's also a reference to a character that does not appear that movie that i'm going to mention because it is wild that that character is quote-unquote confirmed in this version of the dc universe but let's get into it and there will be spoilers for these first three episodes these first three episodes are on hbo max as of this recording um and uh, go check it out if you are uh, are down for some R-rated um d- disruptive superhero nonsense. I su- suggest going to check it out. And but we we need to open with, I think personally, is that uh Peacemaker has what I think is the best opening sequence I've ever seen on TV. This it brings me so much joy. I never skip it. The little thing comes up like skip, nope, I'm watching this whole thing. And for those that don't know, it is a musical dance number. That includes the entirety of the cast, uh, uh, and it's amazing. Roxy, thoughts on the opening sequence? I, I have a feeling I'm getting the vibe that you're going to tell me you don't like it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So the first time I watched it, I paused <laughs> and googled what's happening. Yeah, I, I like needed to know more. Um, like, why is this a thing? What is taking place? Because it was so jarring to me. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Um, and no surprise, Gun pitched it. They all went for it, and that's what happened. Yes. And I was like, okay. The second time, the second episode I watched, I was like, that landed a lot better for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. The third time, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I, like, I'm obsessed with this intro, and I'm never, ever going to skip it. And then I know I liked it because... After I watched the third episode last night, I was making myself tea and I'm pouring it. I'm like, do you really want to really <laughs> taste it? And then I was just like, yeah, this is good. This yeah. Is good. So it, I, I actually, how I just spoke about the, and those, three ep is how i feel about the three episodes
0: gotcha that's in in summary that's your that's your overall thoughts yeah it's 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 great on a lot of levels one it blows my mind that literally the entire cast of the show that we've seen so far is in that opening sequence including robert patrick the t-1000 does a part of the dance number it's incredible and each time i watch it i find new details like at the end judo master pops out of a trap door in the stage (laughs) Their faces
1: um, are so serious.
0: That, I think that's what sells the joke, is that there's not an ounce of joy on anybody's face as they're doing it's this dance so number. Good. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, in fact, we got a, a question. Stacey Getta says, I think we can all agree the opening titles for Pacemaker Amazing. What are some of your other favorite opening sequences in TV history? Big question.
1: Yeah. Friends? Obviously.
0: Iconic. I think for me, we, we're talking about Bel Air. I think Fresh Prince has a really good there there was a time in tv where like you had to the entire setup of the show you had to pitch in that opening like hey here's what we're doing and then we off to the races and fresh prince is part of that but it's it's a will smith rap it's fun it's entertaining um the other one that i never ever ever skip is uh what we do in the shadows um intro sequence uh the song is great it's from the movie as well i love it and i never skip it
1: i think that one of the ones that kind of like irked me which i ended up really like setting up the tone well was for the leftovers they would change it every season and it was always super creepy and weird feeling mm-hmm. um i also loved the original sex in the city one okay. and the original sopranos one if we're staying on hbo yeah uh, woke up this morning got yourself a gun and also because my a lot of my most most of my family even though i'm from boston most of my family is from jersey and i could recognize all the places like yeah. the the sandwich shop and all that stuff and it was all like hometown shit so that was kind of fucking cool too
0: that is cool it's it, that, the closest thing i have to that because uh, not not a lot of people uh, uh film in the part of florida that i grew up in the closest thing i have to that is anytime i'm watching uh cobra kai it's like oh this this is where i live <laughs> this is you know, this is this is i'm right here
1: did you ever watch a- I think I may I tried to make you watch this. Did you ever watch On um, Becoming a God in Central Florida? No. I didn't make you watch that, DJ. No. That was the Kirsten Dunn show. They got one season the Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme. Oh, uh, shit. that
0: does sound like it's up my alley.
1: It was so good. She's got braces. God, that show is so excellent. I can't believe we got canceled. I'm so bummed about it. It was on Showtime. It was it was good. That is the other
0: it, that is the one thing. We mentioned Power of the Dog earlier. I I also like that you said Kirsten Dunst. I like the way she's her good. career has branched out and it's like, oh yeah, you're really good. <laughs> yeah, you're really talented. Um, I do
1: feel like she was put in a classification of actors that she was not supposed to be in.
0: What are you talking about like prior to like the, her this renaissance she's been having since at least yeah. since Fargo?
1: Yes, I really feel like she was put in like a like almost like a TV B-list Section when she's like a really, really good, trained, solid, emotional actress.
0: Well, it's been interesting rewatching these movies with um Sal for the Spider-Man movies, how like consistently, at least between from the original Spider-Man trilogy and through the amazing movies, how the female lead is kind of like the unsung hero of those franchises. Like they're the the obviously we're talking about the Peter Parkers and the Spider-Mans, because that's theoretically what the movie's about, but like
1: but emma stone is incredible
0: emma stone and kirsten that Dunst are doing a, sh- a shocking amount of the heavy lifting in those movies like the, to make them work um so uh back to uh peacemaker in the first episode we meet his dad augie who uh in the comics is not i don't remember what his name uh, his his first name they changed the first name um but in the comics he's a literal nazi um uh, which actually, tr- truthfully, with what we find out, he might actually be one in this show, too. <laughs> um, I would say
1: that's probably not far off. Yeah, he's
0: definitely he's definitely on the white supremacist spectrum, if not a literal Nazi. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also introduced to our cast in this first episode. We've got Peacemaker, of course, and we've got Leota, Harcourt, Economos, and Mern um who's got mern's got bond villain face it's like man if uh if they're not looking at this guy to be a bond villain though what are we doing um and a lot of the first episode is peacemaker dealing with uh the at least the part that i liked is dealing with kind of like the more fascist elements like i i liked when he's talking to the guy that's mopping the floor and like oh you're the guy that you're the racist guy and he's like no he's like well you kill more people of color than than white people it's like well i kill white people too yeah but not enough (laughs) that yeah. whole it's like it's it, it's interesting uh, and we get a little bit into vigilante too vigilante has a line later where he's like i actually kill more people white people than anything else which also is this it, like a lot of the conversations around like a punisher could be like well they're racist and it's like it, yes but also that's not the only problem because him saying i kill more white people also is bad like it's just bad it, your existence is bad
1: <laughs> i agree <laughs> I'm, it's one of the angles of the show that I'm kind of struggling about, actually, because I, while it's funny, yeah, I'm struggling with like the characters. The dad is obviously super duper fucking like horrible guy. Yes, all of the isms. Mm-hmm. Peacemakers is at least sexist, possibly racist. Mm-hmm. That's probably. literally a line in
0: the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: like all of those things. Um, and like the commentary, it, this is still a show created by a white dude talking Mm -hmm. about starring a white dude talking about racism. Um, and while we're making jokes at it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know that like they've earned the right to be the ones making the jokes Yeah, when like we're kind of also now it, it's funny we're ma- now we're making racism funny mm-hmm. and yeah uh, and and it's it's landing for me yeah but when i'm thinking about it do i think this is the best move uh, maybe not
0: yeah i i totally get that and i do think it's tricky depending on where the show goes i think if they try to go to a place where like man we're gonna re- really unpack racism like well that's not what this show is to do i think it's more like okay we're make, we're making a peacemaker show we're gonna to have to deal with this aspect of the character. Like, we're gonna to have to engage with it. We can't just like pretend it's not there. You know what I mean? And uh, the, the the thing that I I think could be beneficial with it is that this kind of element is there in a lot of superheroes, and we don't deal with it. I just mentioned Punisher, but like a lot, even the more even than like the Captain Americas of the world. Like, this is an aspect that uh, it, it, it might be about time that we engage with that uh uh that element of it, but it is definitely it, it is at best tricky um uh but when we talking about this first episode of meeting our core cast who who are the standouts to you and why is it equally <laughs>
1: Thank you for answering the question that well,
0: you posed. I do I do wanna say I when the trailers in the in the trailer we have the scene where Eagle hugs him and I'm like, oh man, Eagle's gonna annoy me. And then we get to him and it's like, no, actually Eagle's great. Why is the Eagle this way? I don't fucking care. Uh, uh I think this is funny. But but back to the question of our of our core core cast, are there any standouts to you anybody you're you're kind of like gelling with most?
1: Yeah, remember I told you I met Danielle Brooks on a plane and I have like an absolute obsession with her. Um she where is-
0: Great here. Is she what? Uh, she comes from Orange, Orange is Black. Boulevard. Yeah, she's great. I didn't watch that show, but she's really good here.
1: She's excellent on that show. She's excellent on this show. And not only do I have like a real life obsession with her because she was this like bundle of joy to sit next to and just like um a light giver. Yes. But she's really fucking talented and very self aware. And I like that. What I like her character on the show because. She is the mysterious element to this show. Are we giving full spoilers right now?
0: Full spoilers. For
1: all three episodes?
0: Yes. Okay. So So you kids at home better have watched it. Gosh dang it.
1: I enjoy that she is, that she is like Amanda's girl. Yes. And we don't know exactly what that means or looks like, but she's smart enough to be questioning everything, so she's questioning who we should murder and who we should not. When she hears, like, I'm not going to just murder people like Amanda Waller did, you see her clock that. Yeah. You know, she, She's not just, like, a henchman coming through to... So I, I think it's a different kind of role than we've seen in the past in these superhero shows, where we know her loyalty lies elsewhere, but she's also a real human. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, well, I'm going to do whatever my bo- boss says, because my boss says to do this. She's, so she's really landing for me. I also really like the... Um, Uh, I don't know what even her character's name is, the blonde girl.
0: Harcourt. Harcourt played by um, Jennifer Holland, who is actually James Gunn's significant other.
1: She's very fucking good. Yes. And I like that she is get the job done, but I also, I just have this like weird trust for her. Mm -hmm. And that might blow up and that would be cool too, but she's great. And then I think John Cena is fucking annihilating this role.
0: John Cena is doing uh, some some really incredible work. I appreciate his gameness because be, the the one criticism I might um, uh, have against the show so far is we're not seeing a lot of peacemaker like. Just, if just watching these three episodes I don't know why peacemakers the guy you go to for this because <laughs> he's not he's not coming across as the most capable person you could get to do what you're trying to do uh, well, I think
1: we see that especially in episode three uh, that maybe is it episode three I watched them all yeah uh, when vigilante needs to step in for th- like yeah we,
0: we're gonna talk we about that gleeful maniac vigilante um, he's like
1: the greatest character ever yeah, Not yeah.
0: Really I, and i like how i feel like the answer that to try and overcome the uh people that might feel like uh peacemaker might be a little too icky for them it's like wait wait, wait just wait here's vigilante for contrast
1: <laughs> that's that is really working for me actually yeah but I, also it's trying to give us sympathy for peacemaker and it's working and then i'm like
0: yeah, I, but I I do think John Cena is doing great work, and and it's interesting. There's a small moment where um, it's in it is in episode three, where there's kind of a, a thing between him and Harcourt Building, and there's a mo- there's just a look on John Cena's face where for the first time, like because we've talked a lot about the basically the Fast and Furious crowd, the the Vin Diesel's and the and the uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnsons, and how rarely and the Tom Cruises too that they, they don't really um land is like a romantic lead like it's harder to buy them as a romantic lead and there's this look on john cena's face is like oh i buy it like i buy the emotionality here i buy the affection here i buy that and it's cool because i mean he was just in a fast movie i kind of lump him into this crowd but that that he's able to access that and just also again just be allowed to look like a buffoon it's he's i feel like right now he's in more of a dave batista area where he's willing to poke fun at himself while also being willing to like access a vulnerability that that is something that i think makes a good action star really work i think it's what what why i believe Dave batista has a has a very solid career ahead of him uh, uh outside of like the action world because it's the reason denny knew cast him and shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um because of the vulnerabilities able to access and i see a little bit of that in john cena and so i think he's really doing um and also his body's insane there's the big action scene sequence in episode one is literally him and tidy whiteys, and it's like fucking what the fuck man (laughs) what the what the fuck with that body
1: when he's talking about uh, when he gets the axe raising he's talking (laughs) about like can we see the smaller muscle groups whatever yeah he does poke fun at himself he's really fucking good Mm -hmm. that the reason this show if this show is working for me which i think it is i just am not on the u train which is that i love it i just like it but if this show is working for me it is because john cena is working for me like he's really solid um
0: we also get going back to something you mentioned with uh leota's connection to amanda waller danny uh uh asks what do you think of the waller family connection reveal and i like it for a variety of reasons one it justifies that character's inclusion because she is so relatively like we learned that she's not uncapable. She's like, she, she passed some sort of course when she was 14. She's learned stuff, but also why would she be a part of this? And you're like, Oh, she's specifically working for Amanda Waller and she's in Amanda Waller's a mom. Oh, here's Winona. Here's for those watching live. Here's my dog. Uh, I or literally just won. told, uh, Roxy before we started recording, how Winona stays out of the way. And now she's proving me wrong. Um,
1: she just wants to be loved. She just
0: wants to be loved. She wants the limelight. So, the, what I'm saying was, I like the that reveal because, again, it justifies her her inclusion. And also, I've said this before. Amanda Waller is one of my favorite DC characters, um, and part of it is because, on the one hand, she's the scariest person in the DC universe. But on the other hand, she in the comics she does have a family, like like she's a human being, she has a life, um, and, and that's what motivates her to do a lot of the fucked up shit that she does. And so the inclusion of that here, I think, uh, benefits the Leota but also benefits Amanda Wallers as well. So I'm very interested to see that way that plays out. I mean, there is there is a, I mean, there's a heightened element to the whole show. There is like a heightened like wait, she brought her wife along who that actress is delightful as well. And and I did like the whole exchange where she talks about dressing up. It was a great, one of my favorite scenes is between her and Harcourt where they're talking about her dogs and how she yeah. dresses up one of the dogs and whether the dog actually likes it or not.
1: Yeah. We've got some really great performers on the show and they're really elevating the humor, which is like in the timing of those things. Yes. It's really... Which is a lot of fun for
0: sure. So in episode two, um, uh, we introduce to the cops that are trailing Peacemaker. We meet, um, uh, who are portrayed by Annie Chang and Lachlan Monroe. Um, his father is framed for the crime, which again, Economos is the one that sets that up and he is called out for it, but it, it is, it is a weird, it is a weird plot detail, uh, it
1: is. He, it, it bumps. It definitely bumps. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's like, okay. what,
0: what? But it, he goes to prison and uh, it, that actually might be a bad thing because uh, there he's basically worshipped as a God as a character called the white dragon. Again, the um, in the comics, Peacemaker's dad's a Nazi. This is the, the character white dragon doesn't really exist. So this is just, this is kind of new territory. I should also Why? mention that, that clearly his dad is a super villain because he has like an extra dimensional room in his house with all this tech right. and shit like
1: right so i have questions about him yes while he is one of the best parts of the show because he is a true villain villain mm-hmm. he's not a uh, sympathy for you vill- he is like a we fucking hate him yes we don't like this is the scum of the earth villain i yeah, think probably if you don't feel that way watching this you are the problem
0: yeah the, the, uh, the only sympathy generated by that character is for John Cena's peacemaker. Right, <laughs> He's right, like, oh, exactly. this is why you are the way you are.
1: Right, right. Like, oh, actually, you turned out pretty decently considered all, where you came
0: Yeah, from. all things considered, yeah.
1: So, but I do have questions about his character still. Like, number one, this room, and he says he built all the stuff in it before John Cena had gone to prison. Yeah. Um. So what exactly is this room for then? And, like, what were the intentions? And is he a tech genius, or did he have somebody build it, or what exactly... What were, what were we implying there? And then when we get to prison, he is white dragon. That happened really fast. I mm. feel like I missed something.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the, the implication there I got is that he's been in before. He has a history there, and he is, is well-regarded within that community. The, the question you brought up with the room lends to one of the things that I kind of wish the show would flesh out more, which is I want to know what Peacemaker's superhero career looked like prior to going to prison. Because mm-hmm. the implication is this is where he was superheroing which I believe the town's called Evergreen it is part of um Charlton County which is a fun nod to Charlton Comics which is where Peacemaker and the Question the original Blue Beetle come from uh before they were bought by DC but it doesn't look like this area needs a peacemaker level hero so it's like what what I, and he's friends with the vigilante it seems like they did superheroing stuff together i want to know more about what that looked like
1: Like, did his dad force him into this? That's the
0: implication I got, which, which, um, have you, there's a post credit scene in every episode. Did you check those out?
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah. So there's a, they're not like, I'm
1: playing all the way through until it goes to the,
0: yeah, so there's a post credit scene in every... No, and, I
1: don't think so. It just, a box pops up about the next one, I click it. No, yeah, I don't so, think
0: so. So at the end of every credit, they're not important to the plot, they're just jokes. Uh, one of the jokes is, in the first episode, we're back in that room, and uh, his dad points to one of the helmets, and is like, that one gives you scabies. And it's like, why would I want scabies? Like, he shrugs. like, well, they make you stronger. Uh, it, it's jokes like that each episode, so I do recommend watching them, because the jokes are pretty, pretty fucking solid. Uh, but yeah, it, it does raise questions. It also makes me think like, I only think we've got eight episodes of this and it's like there's no way we're going to resolve the butterfly thing and the dad thing and all the things in like what four more episodes. So I'm hoping we're building to like a season two or something like
1: the butterfly thing feels as Doom Patrol as Doom Patrol can get.
0: God, what petition do I need to sign to get these shows to cross over? Two things. What do I need to do to get Peacemaker to cross over on Doom Patrol? Two, how do we get Doom Patrol Peacemaker money? What do we need to do to get, <laughs> to get that kind of funding into Doom Patrol? Is, does James Gunn need to come over and direct an episode? Uh, please and thank you. Um, we're also in episode two. We're introduced to Vigilante, who, as we've mentioned previously, is a, he's delightful he's he's adorable but also he's a fucking maniac like like he said i think it is in episode 2 where um uh when peacemaker he, he gets in a whole fight and he's trying to escape a crime scene and he ends up taking a family a, a couple hostage and the and the wife is into him whatever they have a three what is implied a threesome between her and peacemaker and vigilante later and offhandedly peacemaker or, uh, vigilante mentions that it'd been 3 years earlier he would have murdered them for smoking pot <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's I, a lunatic. I, I, like, I like the moment in which he's like, do you think I get pleasure and joy from killing, gouging your eyes? Like all this. I do. I do. I, do. I, do. And I was like, this is good. Yeah. This is
0: good. Do, do you think I get joy? What, that it goes, from, it goes from murderers to heroin dealers to graffiti, yeah. people that do graffiti. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so good. Oh
0: my God. Also, I got to mention, his costume it, looks really good
1: yeah yeah
0: it's really yeah, what, cool
1: what do you think about do you think vigilante would turn on peacemaker yes. like what is the eat e- like it like that
0: i i don't know that like that but i i feel like we're setting we're building towards peacemaker v vigilante because vigilante is a is a problem <laughs> he is yeah he is just hands down a problem that needs to be dealt with and he is not he's not leading towards the uh enlightenment that it feels like peacemakers is uh, working towards I, I will say that it's one thing that i don't i get but we do do a little bit of walking back of some of peacemakers more outlandish stuff like literally like l- we literally walk back the line one his most iconic line from the movie of like i, I i'll do anything for peace uh, and it doesn't matter how many men women and children i need to kill for it we literally walk that line back and it's like ah, i don't know how i feel like i feel like Commit to that's who this guy is and then build from there. Walk it
1: back when he can't kill the family, you mean?
0: Yeah, when he can't kill the family, and it's even implied that he never really felt that way. That was just shit he said. And it's like, well, uh, I mean, this is your guy. Commit to this being your guy and then
1: I agree it it is it is it feels like when we made the movie, we felt like that really was the guy. Yes. And then for the show that wasn't as convenient. But now I have questions about why he killed who he killed in the movie. Yeah. If that isn't who he is.
0: It's kind of similar with like Boba Fett. Like, Like there's a line in the movies like, no disintegrations or whatever. And that's not the guy we meet in the show. That show does have the benefit of one, Boba Fett was less flesh, fleshed out in those movies. And two, there's however many, he was almost digested. And however many years between that time and now that we, that we're back to him. So it's like, okay, that justifies a little bit of a character. We just watched the suicide squad and this, and this show is taking place. Maybe um, depending on how long it took him to heal a couple months after that.
1: Uh, and you could... I don't think so because doesn't it say four years later?
0: No, does it? I mean, if we're being if we're being honest, that is probably how long it would take him to recover from his injuries <laughs> in,
1: in, the world, is... in the real
0: world. In the real world,
1: I thought it said something like four years later. No, no, no. Oh,
0: you're he's he was in prison for four years. They, that's what they're talking. He, he was in prison for four years off of a, some like a, a thirty-plus year sentence. So by the time we meet him in Suicide Squad, he'd been in prison for four years. Okay. Yeah. Um okay.
1: Because I thought that this was taking place four years later, which had me asking a ton of fucking questions. Yeah. Which, which again,
0: uh, it, uh, narratively would be weird, but for somebody that had a building drop on them, would be a realistic recovery time for right, that. Right. Um, so right. in episode uh, three. Oh, wait, before we get to episode three, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get to episode three. Oh, hello, everyone. We are back and we were talking about Peacemaker episode three. Um, and this is what we were talking a little bit earlier about him. He's, they, they go. We've had all this talk about butterflies. They're uh, they're either trying to get him to murder butterflies, whatever that means. They won't tell them. Uh, and it might include it includes the senator and it might include his entire family. And uh, Peacemaker hesitates on on this, which again does, on the one hand, seems to work against what we learned about him, just his general behavior in uh, Suicide Squad. Also in that time, he did have a, a building drop on him and a, a, what the flag said about him seems to have hit him. So maybe it, that feels like a flimsy justification, I think. More realistically, it's like, we need people to root for this guy, so we need to be have him be slightly less of a maniac.
1: <laughs> do you think what you just said is true, that in this writer's room, which, by the way, when you look on IMDb, the only person credited for writing anything is James Gunn, so who knows if there is a fucking writer's room Yeah, this?
0: I don't know there is a writer's room. He definitely wrote these, he wrote and directed these first three episodes.
1: But in this writer's, whoever's thinking about it, do you think that they are thinking we need them to have sympathy for Peacemaker? 100%
0: i i 100 think this is this is a, a uh we can't have him be as bad as he which would, would, i don't know that but then again i like anti-heroes and villain protagonists especially if you're going to kind of like unpack that and so just, I, I think there's yeah. a version of the show that works for me where it's like oh no he was as bad as vigilante and we're growing him past that uh um, yeah
1: yeah that's true what do you think i think exactly that i think that 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 is something they are very cognizant of hence why they put his dad and best friend next to him to make him look better Uh, because they were the only people who could make him look okay yes and and i do think we are watching a man who is growing by putting him around better people such as daniel brooks character yes
0: yeah um this is also the scene where we get where they talk about like i don't just murder random people like amanda waller and daniel brooks responding to that which I, I also thought was a really strong scene we also get our first look at judo master um uh and i i like that he is a person of smaller stature that can kick everybody's ass uh, that's not something you see a lot in in these uh shows and movies um uh so i thought that was that was great and this is also the scene where yeah we see that uh a peacemaker can't kill the family and boy howdy vigilante doesn't even have doesn't even bat an eye um which which is also a good way to justify him uh, why he's probably going to be around for the rest of the show because that team's probably going to see like, oh, he might be more the person we need <laughs> for this.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, the Beastmaker and Vigilante do get captured uh, due to Judo Master. Uh, and we get to uh, a torture scene with Vigilante, which by the way, this is the same, uh, the Adrian Chase, they, they did weird things with An Arrow, but like Adrian Chase was also in the fifth season of Arrow. Whoever is adrian chase's rep over at dc has been doing a hell of a job getting this z-lister into some pretty mainstream shit because um the big big times for for vigilante um this whole it's weird to say it, but this whole torture scene was so fucking funny to me like when they go for the toe and, and he's like no that's little toe super important and peaceberry's like i don't think it is and then the guy's like i don't know why it's, it's not working it's-
1: you can't bounce without the toe come
0: on man he's like why can't i cut it off it's because torture instruments are dull as shit um fuck uh god damn it um uh we peacemaker kill does kill the senator and a little butterfly alien flies out and i did look into this there's as, as of this moment there appeared to me no connections to any dc comics characters i did see um uh, somebody just listed off like insect related villains and somebody, and, and I think the character's name is insect queen popped up. And that might be interesting. Cause that's, that's not a character anybody's going to do anything with, uh, anytime soon. So if you made her responsible for, for the butterflies, uh, which by the way, apparently the butter, uh, the butterflies are everywhere, which was actually, we see a map of where of like hot zones, which was actually helpful for the, the the woman he fights at the beginning. Like maybe she's a bl- uh, just a butterfly that stumbled upon the plan. And I was like, how is that a thing? And then you see the hot zone map. You're like, oh, that's how.
1: <laughs> Can you talk to me about why what's What this butterfly thing is?
0: I the impression I get is because he finds the little tiny spaceship uh, in right. what's her face's apartment is that they are little tiny aliens that either fake as humans or take over humans
1: yeah which one of those
0: i don't undecided because there definitely is goopy bits when he shoots the senator when all the people get shot there's definitely goopy bits
1: and and you think that there are millions of them
0: it's hard to say what it depends on what that hot zone map represents like are the are the little big dots is that hundreds thousands
1: yeah i don't know i don't know i was just i was just thinking like you know how, you know how we're now we're like, scroll, scroll, a scroll. Mm-hmm. Like now are we in DC is now it just like butterfly, butterfly. butterfly. G-
0: good question. Uh, the other thing, speaking of the wider DC canon, uh, Economos is stitching up Peacemaker and Economos says something like, I would rather hang out with Batmite. And Peacemaker is like, who is that? And it's like, well, it's a little fifth dimensional imp that stands Batman. And he's like, is that a thing? He's like, yes, that is a thing. And it's like fuck that might exist in the dc extended universe now that's fucking hilarious um they're never gonna do anything with that but i love that james and james gunn knew it he's like i'm gonna just say that he exists and nobody's gonna stop
1: me (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally
0: um that actually leads to a question i have for you because i think one of the things that makes this work is that the DC stuff is not does not seem as uh, burdened with connectivity as the Marvel stuff seems to. For you, are you going to watch other DC stuff now and wonder, like, could this person be a butterfly? The other thing is they might, quote-unquote, resolve it by the end of the show, and so then it's not a thing we think about anymore. But is that something you would think about when Batgirl rolls around?
1: I think it depends on what the rest of the show is doing. Like, do you think what this show is gonna give us any cameos?
0: Um, my instinct my I wanna say no, and mostly that's because of the way the Disney Plus shows have burned speculation on that. Like, if the Disney Plus shows aren't as cameo focused, uh, then why would Peacemaker be?
1: <laughs> my theory is because James Gunn is doing it mm, and yeah. they all seem to really fucking like him. Yeah. So if he calls, I think you show up.
0: So who do you think the cameo would be? Like maybe a Harley Quinn?
1: Yeah, that's what I literally what I was thinking. We referenced her early on. That'd so be like, a good one. Um, it would be a huge one. I think it would put the show on a ma- on the map in a bigger way. And if that is the case, then I am going to be thinking about this in the greater DC universe more. I know that would, I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm just saying if that or something along those lines does happen-
0: yeah, I yeah. I think that I I totally agree with you, I, and I think you're right that the Harley Quinn one would put the show on the map more. I think the one that would interest me more is I would love to see Idris Elba's Bloodsport meet his dad and maybe kick his dad's ass. I I, yeah. I would find that pretty compelling.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. Um, any anybody kicking his dad's ass. So like, who I really want to see the most of the entire Suicide Squad is Ratcatcher two. So yeah. like. You don't need to pull out the big guns for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She shows up and I'm like smitten. So I think that there's a lot of different things they could do. And it does feel like James Gunn makes phone calls and people arrive. Yes. And he is somebody who seems to like to call in. Make make those calls. calls. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I also think um, uh, I was a great little bit of characterization when uh, John Cena uh Peacemaker's having dinner with his dad and to try and bond with his dad, he tells the story about how Bloodsport was tortured by his uh father and they start laughing about it. Uh uh it was like, oh yeah, your your dad is a fucking worst. And then um when his dad's like, well please tell me that's not the guy that shot you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, And it's yeah, like, yeah,
0: well, yeah. oh shit. Uh so yeah, before we go,
1: we just sit in silence for a second and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like he did right
0: yeah, yeah. okay yeah he, he sure did. did like just he trying to remind did.
1: myself and i was like oh man that sucks you do feel for him in these moments though because despite his dad being uh, the biggest piece of shit yeah everybody wants their parents approval yep and like you just see how it happens
0: mm-hmm. it's just
1: it's it is fucking sad
0: yeah yeah it's it's and, and it's so telling that it's like somebody calls him a supervillain and he's like, no, that's a common misconception. I was a superhero. And then you see his dad. It's like, Oh no, you, you were, you thought you were a hero. You were a villain. That's that's, because if you were doing what your dad was uh, teaching you to do, you were one of the bad guys.
1: That moment where his dad is laughing about the, uh, the rat story Mm -hmm. is like some of the best acting on any superhero show because he, like you believe this man. Yes. Robert he Patrick's is like, great. He's howling.
0: Yeah, and also you know, like you talk about James Gunn calling and people uh, being showing up. It's like he does a great. He fi- either finds people or is good at making people be game. Because again, Robert Patrick, that guy that plays his dad, also played the T1000 in Terminator, is in that opening dance number, and it's like shit, man. Like that's great. That that yeah. I, I I am so glad it it does two things one i'm glad you were game also it lets me know like hey i'm in on it like i'm not sitting here thinking the dad's a good guy like i'm in on the bit <laughs> you know what i mean oh, like um, before we go question from Leonard Kim i've loved that james gun is uh, what james Gunn has created with both dc and marvel what other franchises uh singular or plural if any would you like to see him delve into and explore next
1: maybe not a franchise mm mm-hmm.
0: mhm Although I will say I do think uh he didn't direct Brightburn, but I didn't love Brightburn. And and I do think um the the you know, he came up in like the trauma circuit. And uh I do like how how the superhero stuff like hones his impulses, especially like Peacemaker's this nice balance when like it does have the gross, edgy shit, but it also pays attention to the heart. And so like if he can do a creator own thing that has that balance. I'd be really interested in that. I will say this is a weird one and maybe it's because, you know, peacemaker and the other charlton comics were the inspiration for Watchmen. Watching this, I'm like, I actually think James Gunn might do a good job with Watchmen because I feel like he gets it. Like I feel like he gets the cuz no matter I even feel like the HBO show didn't struggled with this. The the core concept of Watchmen is that the inherent concept of superheroes is fascist. Um and no adaptation of Watchmen has really engaged with that because I, I think it's mostly like superhero creators or people that like superheroes and I feel like James Gunn would be like be willing to be like no this you're right superheroes are fascist they might be a bad idea and like really like embrace that notion that it, that is a notion that I think is core to that concept not that I, I think need more like, Watchmen <laughs>
1: this is gonna be like the dumbest answer I've ever given but this is legit how I'm feeling like Hangover Four.
0: Sure, why would that be dumb? You're 100 percent right. Why? Yeah, of course.
1: I like really would love to see him do a non-superhero, like, full-blown comedy comedy, um, like a like a Beetlejuice remake.:
0: Perfect. Perfect. I love it because I get why people might I – do, I don't agree with it, but I see why people might push back on The Hangover because it doesn't give you in that genre stuff that he's good at. Beetlejuice yeah. does. Uh, you say that and it's like, man, we've been talking about a community movie for years. Maybe he's the guy to direct it if he's yeah, down. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> he would be great for that. He would be great for that. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. So those are our thoughts on Peacemaker. Let us know. Uh, tweet us or whatever. Let us know your thoughts. Roxy, where can the kids yeah. find you?
1: everywhere at roxy stryer and that's where you can find me
0: (laughs) there there you go there you go and uh you'll find the links to all that in the description you can find me at dj talks trash you can find the show everywhere that matters at only stupid answers but on twitter
1: yank out the vowels from stupid
0: that is it for us this week we will see you all next time bye everybody